Welcome to the podcast of Leeds First Methodist Church. We are so glad you decided to tune in with us today. The following sermon was preached by Pastor Chris, and it is the third sermon in our church's Victory in Jesus series. If you would like to watch the entire worship service, you can do so by visiting our website at leadsfirst.org, and at the top of the page, go to Worship and click on Watch Worship Online. Today, victory in Jesus to trust. Victory in Jesus to trust. Well, who can you trust? There was a 2022 survey by a a marketing or, I don't know, whatever, research company, Ipsos, and they called it the Global Trustworthy index. And they asked people, who of these professions do you trust? Or which of these professions? And this was on a global basis. The top three each received over 50% of the respondents says, we trust them with a you know, top one or two ranking. These were those professions. Doctors, scientists, and teachers. So shout out if you're a doctor, scientist, or teacher. However, there was a bottom of the list as well, and that bottom included, the bottom three were advertisers, (laughs) uh, government workers, and politicians in general, right? So if you're in those, I'm sorry, we've got some ground. I'm a little bit humbled by this, right? So this was on a global basis, and they ranked them down through there, (laughs) I looked on the list, and it had clergy or, you know, people that work in the church. And it was about in the middle, nestled. It was between TV news anchors and print journalists. So I'm like, oh. And all three of those were below lawyers. And I was like, that gun. But then I looked, and it was a global survey, and they did just for the United States. And and pastors or clergy a little bit higher, close to 50%, just under 40% for there. So there's some relief for me. Some people you implicitly trust, right? Maybe as a kid growing up, you just trusted your parents until they broke that trust. Some people in life, friends, people you date, you just implicitly trust, but then you get to know them more, and maybe you trust them less. They've let you down or failed you or even hurt you. That's one of the keys to marriage, when we premarital counsel folks, is to try to get to know each other enough to know, can I trust you with my life? Trust you to raise kids together, get them up and bring them to church or whatever, right? Trust you to pay the mortgage on time, right? So we're not homeless. In the midst of a diminished trust, with all that's going on in politics, misinformation, the pandemic, and even our day-to-day life in our work, our community, A Gallup Workplace poll highlighted that employees, only 21% say they explicitly trust their supervisors or their bosses. That means 80% of people say, I don't trust them. They went on to say, if you want to be a trustworthy leader, you need to do these key things. One, trusted leaders communicate clearly. 
So don't waffle or, or be imprecise. Communicate clearly. Two, trusted leaders inspire confidence in a future. And trusted leaders lead and support change. That resonates with me. Because in the Bible, in the gospel of Jesus, we're invited to trust him as our leader in our faith and in all of our life. And so we're going to look today at some of the characteristics of faith in Jesus that would lead you to say, I can trust in him. So if you've got a Bible, I invite you to open it. We're going to read from the book of First. Peter. It's in the New Testament. First Peter, we'll read chapter 1 in just a few moments. If you texted the word here and clicked on the second link, this passage will be in our worship guide online. First Peter is an epistle or a letter written by the apostle Peter to churches that were in um, H minor or in Turkey that we know today. And it was written from Peter's own experience that says there's some ups and downs. Remember, Peter was almost like right there with Jesus through all this. When Jesus was arrested, Peter's like, I'm going to take my sword. You remember this? And like, keep him from taking Jesus. So he was at the forefront of it. He even said, Jesus, don't do this. And Jesus said, get behind me, Satan. I've got to do this. Peter in the midst of Jesus' trial, was like, I don't know Jesus. I don't know who he is. And so the, the low valley. And then, upon Jesus' resurrection, the angels said, go and tell Peter. And Peter met up with Jesus in his resurrected state. And his hope was renewed. And so it's from that experience, Peter writes and says, there are going to be tough times. In fact, this churches that Peter's writing this letter to, they had experienced that themselves from following Jesus, from putting their faith in his name, but also from living the life that Jesus invited them to live. A, a, a moral character that was different than the world around them. People are like, why are you living like that? Why are you saying this is wrong? And they're like, because we trust Jesus. And so they were facing persecution, ostracization. And so Peter's writing to the churches to encourage them to keep their faith to have trust in Jesus and so I'm going to read first Peter chapter 1 beginning in verse 17 we'll go down through verse 23 I'm reading the new living translation if you want to follow along word for word verse 17 reads and remember that the heavenly father to whom you pray has no favorites he will judge or reward you according to what you do so you must live in reverent fear of him during your time here as temporary residents. For you know that God paid a ransom to save you from the empty life you inherited from your ancestors. And it was not paid with mere gold or silver, which lose their value. It was the precious blood of Christ, the sinless, spotless lamb of God. God chose him as your ransom long before the world began. But now in these last days, he has been revealed for your sake. Verse 21, though Christ, or excuse me, through Christ, you have come to trust in God. And you have placed your faith and hope in God because he raised Christ from the dead and gave him great glory. You were cleansed from your sins when you obeyed the truth. So now you must show sincere love to each other. 
as brothers and sisters. Love each other deeply with all of your heart. Verse 23. For you have been born again, but not to a life that will quickly end. Your new life will last forever because it comes from the eternal living word of God. This is the word of God for the people of God. And we say, thanks be to God. In verse 21, there's a clear statement of purpose for putting your faith in Jesus, that God raised Jesus from the dead and gave him glory so that your faith and hope can be placed in him. The original uh, transcript of this letter was written in Greek, and so we often look up those Greek terms from uh, what's called a lexicon and understand it's like a dictionary that describes it in the original language. Those terms for faith, the Greek word is piston. Anybody work on cars? It's not that kind of piston, but uh, the Greek word for piston. And it means to believe to the extent of complete trust, reliance, to believe in or to have confidence in. And the term hope is elpedia, elpedia. And it means to look forward with confidence to that which is good and beneficial. Jesus is trustworthy, far above any other leader or even a prophet of God. Jesus said he would be arrested. Jesus said he would be executed on the cross. Jesus said he would rise from that death or resurrect from that death on the third day, and he did it all. It's because of that you can trust in him. Because of the resurrection of Jesus, you can put your faith in him. I put my faith in Jesus because nobody else has ever done that. Right? There's nobody else that's ever done that. No matter how trustworthy they are, if they've said they're going to do those things, they haven't. And then reasonable people said, I can't do that. Right? Definitely no politician or government worker or advertiser. Not even the doctors or the scientists or the teachers or even the preachers among us have done that. No matter who you feel like you can sort of trust in this life or completely trust in this life, Jesus is better. In fact, Jesus is the only person you can trust to connect you in relationship with God for your salvation. To be in right relationship with God both now and for eternity. And so let's look at this passage in more depth. What we might apply to our life in understanding victory in Jesus to trust. Number one, victory to trust completely. If you've got an outline or you're taking notes in the app, victory to trust completely is the first blank comes from verse 17 second part of it says he will judge or reward you according to what you do so you must live in reverent fear of him during your time here as temporary residents this gets at the question with what portion of myself do i trust jesus 
This first part of this verse has a kind of causation relationship. If you address God as your father, you should, in fact, conduct yourself as a follower of Jesus and completely trust him with every action of your life. In other words, jump in head first in your faith in following Jesus, not dabble your toe in the water. Right? To go all in means I'm going to give Jesus every aspect of my life. Some of y'all like the old song. Who was it that sang this? Jesus, take the wheel. Y'all remember that as a country song? But that's something like in our life it says, I'm going to not control where I'm going so much as I'm saying, Jesus, you take me where you want me to go. I'll do what you want me to do. 100% trust, not a dabble of trust. Have any of y'all ever jumped out of an airplane? On purpose, I mean. <laughs> Nobody, anybody done that? Not a soul. All right, so a few years ago, I said, I'm going to do that before I get too old and actually hurt myself, you know? And I was like, I'm going to do that. And I started researching about it. <laughs> don't don't research it if you're gonna do it just do it right but i researched on anyway they've got this way that you can jump out of an airplane skydive with a tandem partner like you don't have to know anything or well you got to do a few things with the but they basically strap you with somebody that knows how to do all the stuff and they take care of it the decisions the jumping the landing they do all of that but you can mess that up one of the things that taught me out of it is I read of two people that had accidents or died even tandem jumping. I was like, oh, you know? So these weren't. But you can imagine what you could mess it up. Like, hey, Captain, I'm going to take over the ripcord. You know, like not let them do it. You do it because you want to hold on to the control. Now, some of you do it out of like terror. You like pull the ripcord before you ever get out of the plane, right? <laughs> I'm going to pull it now. Just be safe. And it just gets hung up and you're dragging behind the plane, right? So it doesn't do any good to do that. Some of you are like, I'm going to live my life recklessly. Take over the ripcord. I'm going to do it. Just get as close to the ground as I can, right? And then we'll pull the ripcord. And you can mess it up even whenever you have a tandem jumper guiding you. That's a little bit like our lives, right? When we're like, God... I know you know best. I'm going to latch myself into your arms and walk with you, but sometimes I'm going to grab the ripcord. Right? It's like, in this area, God, I'm going to pull the cord. And sometimes we do out of terror. We'll pull it too soon and we get stuck. Or sometimes we wait too late. And... Right? God says, I want you to put your faith in Jesus, your whole faith, Receive the forgiveness of sin, yes, but also to walk faithfully following Jesus every step of the way. And in doing that, to completely trust him. I backed out of skydiving out of fear. I ain't done it yet. I'm with y'all. <laughs> right? But that's a different kind of fear than reverent fear this verse is talking about going back to the the greek new testament is phobos i think or phobos i don't know it reads 
profound respect or awe for a deity. Something like knowing God has your whole life and your eternity in his hands. And knowing without his hands guiding it, you are condemned to eternal separation or hell. But knowing that with him, he's got you. That's what reverent fear means. Not fearing what God can do to you or would do to you, but fearing what your life and your eternity would be without God. That's reverent fear. And he says, if he's got that much care for me and that much power to save me, I'm going to trust him with every ripcord decision in my life. Victory to trust completely. Number two, victory to trust eternally victory to trust eternally verse 18 and 19 reads for you know that god paid a ransom to save you it goes on to say not paid with even mere gold those are pretty valuable things or silver which can lose their value it was the precious blood of jesus the sinless spotless lamb of god this gets at the question how long can i trust jesus See, Jesus did not ransom you with perishable things. He paid the sacrifice for you with his perfect blood. If you look down later in this passage to verse 23, it says, Your new life will last forever because it comes from the eternal living word of God. God. If you read the Old Testament, there's these circumstances where they come to the temple to give sacrifices for their sin, and they do it over and over and over again, right? Because it's paid with something that's not enough to cover the whole of their sin. Jesus reversed that. Jesus played with, paid with his perfect blood. He lived without sin. He was God's son, and so his sacrifice is enough you will face temptations in your life where even when you've leaned into the forgiveness of jesus even when you've repented from that the devil will try to say oh but oh but anybody got any oh but sins in their life still right where they're forgiven, you've repented, but the devil keeps trying to bring them back up. And I want you to know Jesus says it's enough. That his sacrifice covers it all. So if you're right with Jesus, you're right with Jesus. Jesus didn't pay for your sin with some kind of dinky little thing. Paid for it with his blood. And it's enough carry you through eternity it's valuable does anybody like change i don't mean like different things i mean like coins change you know what about coins does anybody like that i hate change ain't nothing worse than getting a bunch of pennies in your pocket or your purse right it's awful. In fact, whenever I'm driving through at a restaurant, I'll try to clean out my change and pay. Like if it's fourteen thirty-six, I'll come out with three dimes, a nickel, and a penny to try to get a, a whole dollar amount back. Yeah, anybody else do that? I got some of my people here. All right, yeah, right. Nobody wants more change. Get rid of it. So I'm going through a drive-through recently, and I can't. I, it was 
something like that, 1436. And so I get a 20 and three dimes, a nickel, and a penny. I give it to the, the cashier. I see her take out one bill and then deep, deep reach down in there to the change pockets, right? I'm like, what on earth are you doing? I yelled at her, screamed at her. No, I didn't do all that. But I was like, I gave you the, the right coins to where you give me a whole dollars amount. She goes, I know. I was like, well, what are you doing? Dozens of coins she was giving me, dozens. And she says, I'm sorry, we're out of ones. <laughs> So I'd done the perfect thing, giving her money, and I get like dozens of quarters and stuff back, and I'm like, oh, right? Now, have you ever imagined getting paid in pennies? Could you imagine more, anything more, feel more worthless than getting paid with pennies, right? I don't know, some of y'all make a lot of money, but whatever it is in dollars, it's 100 times that in pennies, and you just imagine doing that. I heard of one guy that was going to pay his taxes in cash, Took him six weeks to find a place to even pay it, right? So anyway, it's hard to pay in cash. It's hard to accept coins and feel valued, right? They feel worthless, especially if you need something big. Jesus didn't pay your debt with pennies. You hear me? He paid it with his perfect blood. It's not something worthless or throwaway. It was with his perfect life. And because of that, he paid the price for you. It's good. Backwards to those sins he's forgiven. Forwards for you in heaven. You're right because Jesus' perfect blood paid the sacrifice for you. Jesus is like direct deposit on payday. Right? Every time, on time, the right amount. Well, sometimes they mess that up. But anyway, he's better than direct deposit. Exactly what you need. On time, all the time. Victory to trust eternally. Number three, victory to trust God's personal rescue. Victory to trust God's personal rescue. Verse 20 reads, God chose him as your ransom long before the world began. But now in these last days, he has been revealed for your sake. This gets at the question, by what power can we trust Jesus? Through Jesus, who is God's son, he had a perfect situation, right? He didn't have any of the mess of earth, yet he chose, he chose to come, Emmanuel, God with us, to be present on earth. To redeem you, to redeem me, to redeem everyone who puts their faith in him. This is the power of Almighty God, the creator of the universe, who is also the creator of you and your very soul. He says, I love you so much, I'm going to send Jesus personally to rescue you. I don't know if you've ever felt terrified I don't know if you, when you were growing up, had nightmares, right? And you screamed for mom or dad or somebody, big brother or whatever, and they came in and their presence comforted you. Have you ever been afraid 
presence comforts you. Hurt presence comforts you. Lonely presence comforts you in those moments. It's one thing to know people care about you. It's another for them to experience presence with you. Just a, if you're going through something, maybe you've had a birthday and somebody texts you. Happy birthday, that feels good. Maybe you just got a promotion at work and some of your college friends call you and say, congratulations, that feels good. And if you're sick or hurting, a hug in the presence of your parent or your spouse makes all the difference. A hug is personal. And God in sending Jesus is saying, I love you with a hug. Right? But it's not just a hug. It's a huge hug. Because it makes all the difference in you. God, the creator of the universe, backs up his presence in Jesus with a promise that says, I've got you. Because of the perfect life, the guiltless death, and the power and resurrection of Jesus, you can trust that Jesus is God's Son. Because Jesus' perfect blood was the sacrifice for your sin, you are redeemed for now and for eternity. Because Jesus, God with us, you can trust that he'll be with you to give you victory even when you face those tough circumstances, both now and in death and resurrection for eternity. Victory to trust God's personal rescue. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for the blessing of victory in Jesus. Thank you for your invitation to follow the most trustworthy person ever known. He said it and he did it grave is empty and so god give us the wisdom and the courage and the means to trust you completely eternity both past and future and experience that personal relationship with you it's in jesus holy and powerful name i pray amen thanks for listening to our podcast We would love for you to visit us in person at 8.45 a.m. for modern worship or at 11 a.m. for traditional worship. If you would like to plan a visit, simply text the word CONNECT to the number 205-772-4906 and you'll be sent a link to get you started. Thanks again and God bless.